Turn with me, if you would, to the Belgic Confession, Article 13, portion of the testimony of what we hold to in faith as it is gathered together from the scriptures. Article 13, coming to us under the theme, the doctrine of God's providence. Page 859. There are many beautiful things in the Belgic Confession. One of those is that most of the articles all begin with the words, we believe. And to believe is a wonderful testimony of God's grace that we may believe what God calls us to believe. And with respect to the teaching concerning the providence of God, we believe that this good God, after he created all things, did not abandon them to chance or fortune, but leads and governs them according to his holy will in such a way that nothing happens in this world without his orderly arrangement. Yet God is not the author of, nor can he be charged with, the sin that occurs. For his power and goodness are so great and incomprehensible that he arranges and does his work very well and justly, even when the devils and wicked men act unjustly. We do not wish to inquire with undue curiosity into what he does that surpasses human understanding and is beyond our ability to comprehend. But in all humility and reverence, we adore the just judgments of God, which are hidden from us, being content to be Christ's disciples so as to learn only what he shows us in his word without going beyond those limits. This doctrine gives us unspeakable comfort since it teaches us that nothing can happen to us by chance, but only by the arrangement of our gracious Heavenly Father. He watches over us with a fatherly care, keeping all creatures under his control so that not one of the hairs of our head, for they are all numbered, nor even a little bird can fall to the ground without the will of our Father. In this thought we rest, knowing he holds in check the devils and all our enemies who cannot hurt us without his permission and will. And for that reason, we reject the damnable error of the Epicureans who say that God involves himself in nothing and leaves everything to chance. Article 13 of the Belgic Confession. Content to be Christ's disciples, let's then turn to Scripture. And our scripture gospel lesson this afternoon comes from the book of 2 Kings. Second Kings chapter 6, page 367. 
be reading this afternoon, beginning at verse 8 of 2 Kings 6 and concluding with verse 23. The word of God speaks thus, once when the king of Syria was warring against Israel, he took counsel with his servants saying, at such and such a place shall be my camp. But the man of God sent word to the king of Israel, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are going down there. And the king of Israel sent to the place about which the man of God told him. Thus he used to warn him, so that he saved himself there more than once or twice. And the mind of the king of Syria was greatly troubled because of this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me who of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. And he said, Go. And see where he is, that I may send and seize him. It was told him, behold, he is in Dothan. So he sent their horses and chariots and a great army, and they came by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, alas, my master, what shall we do? He said, Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elijah prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And when the Syrians came down against him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Please strike this people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness in accordance with the prayer of Elisha. And Elisha said to them, This is not the way and this is not the city. Follow me and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. And he led them to Samaria. As soon as they entered Samaria, Elisha said, Oh, Lord. Open the eyes of these men that they may see. So the Lord opened their eyes and they saw and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. As soon as the king of Israel saw them, he said to Elisha, my father, shall I strike them down? Shall I strike them down? He answered, you shall not strike them down. Would you strike down those whom you have taken captive with your sword and with your bow? Set bread and water before them that they may eat and drink and go to their master. So he prepared for them a great feast. And when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away and they went to their master. And the Syrians did not come again on raids into the land of Israel. Let's hear once again the words of verse 16 and 17. Elisha says to his understudy, do not be afraid for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, oh Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain 
was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. It's the word of God. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, if you could see all there is to see, what is it that you would see? That is to say, if you could, as it were, be perched at top of a very high mountain and be given the kind of eyesight that does not fail to see anything that could be seen, what would you see? And no doubt there would be much to behold. You would see all creation in its wonder and splendor, the, the beauty of the landscape, the rugged terrains. You would see the handiwork of the Lord manifested in so many wonderful ways. You would see men and women scurrying about like ants, each busy doing what it is that they do from day to day. And because you had been given such a a supernatural ability to see, you would also take notice of the works of darkness mitigating its fury against the principalities of light. That is to say, you would take notice of of some of the forces of evil seeking to overturn those who, who hold to the word of the triune God dear and near in their hearts. You would see workers of the devil seeking to devour the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You would see this great war, cosmic battle that occurs each and every day, the full force of the antithesis. Now, by means of the word of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we, in a certain sense, by God's grace, have been given a special eyesight. God gives eyes to see, spiritual eyesight. Once again, the holy word of God may take hold of us together here in the congregation, making us see things that we by ourselves would never be able to see. The holy word of God that helps us truly see what this life and world is all about. Many say seeing is believing. But Christians say believing is seeing. And as the Bible teaches, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen, not seen, that is, by, by the naked eye. Now, this afternoon, we're, we're not going to speculate what happens so much in the heavens above in terms of angels or demons, what they may be doing even as we speak. Rather, we want to look together at the word of God that comforts us in all our trials and all our tribulations and all the unfolding events of world history as history is, is, is speeding along to its conclusion. And as we do so, we want to recognize again that the word that God gives us is a, is a, is a power to save. It's a, it's a word that, that makes us wise unto salvation. A word that over and over again reminds us that the believer, even as we heard in Psalm 31, that the believer knows that God is near his people. 
And to be reminded that God fights for his people. To remind us again that God has at his disposal every power to exercise his will. That he he does use the hosts of heaven for his church militant here below. Our scripture reading, our scripture lesson begins by describing a conflict between Israel and the Arab world. The conflicts of the last 70 years and more are are nothing new in the Middle East. It's a conflict that has unfolded for thousands of years. And from our scripture lesson, we determine that the present account does not involve a full-scale war, but a series of skirmishes. Syrian bands, supported by their king, were in the process of conducting a a, a strategic uh, raid into the land of God's people. We might say guerrilla warfare. In those days, Syria's king was conducting his campaigns not by mobilizing a large army and risking a decisive battle, but by sending bands of marauding expeditions. Except that... The plans always failed. The narrator, the Holy Spirit, takes us from one side of the border to the other. The plan of attack is set in place. But in the meantime, Elisha, the word bearer, God's prophet, sent word to his own king, informing him of the enemy's plans. Now, how did Elisha know? How did he know? Well, You know, it is not for nothing that God's servant is called the man of God. The Lord revealed it to him. And again and again, the Syrian army finds Israel's king and his men waiting. And again and again, the tables are turned on him. Well, the king of Syria does not take this lightly. He's upset, disturbed, because every plan he made and every place he went was discovered by the king of Israel. He came to the conclusion, there's a spy. There's a spy, an informant in the camp. And the chief of staffs are called together. This is treason. It must come to a stop. Which one of you is the traitor? Which one of you is for the king of Israel? Which one of you deserves to die? But it was not a matter of treason. The king is told of a certain Elisha, a prophet in Israel who knew everything, who who even knew all that the king said in the secrecy of his bedroom. Careful what you say, O king. Yes, by now Elisha was somewhat of an international figure. His witness had spread across the border. He was a man of fame, perhaps as a result of the cleansing that Naaman experienced. And you too, boys and girls, remember that wonderful story of Naaman who washed in the River Jordan, went down those seven times, and he came up as white as snow. The blood of Jesus washes us as white as snow. Now, Elisha is used by the Lord as a gift of grace to his people. There is protection for God's people in what we may consider strange ways. Even though Jehoram was the the king of the land during this part of uh, 
Elisha's ministry, he had not asked the Lord for protection. The Lord gave it. And for the sake of Christ, he loved his people. He loved them with a never-ending love. And he protected his remnant even as the remnant is protected today. Now this should have brought Jehoram to shame. It should have brought him to his knees in repentance. Over and over again, God is the one who, who takes the initiative with his people. Do we not read elsewhere in the Holy Scriptures before they call, I will answer. We may, congregation, and we must believe in the grace that he gives us even before we ask for it. But Jehoram did not do so. He did send an army each time at Elisha's word, but he did not submit to the Lord's grace. Foolish man. Foolish man. He, he just couldn't see. Now, the king of Syria, who also could not see, was not going to sit still. Someone is in my way. That someone has to be eliminated. Elisha has to go. The word bearer must be put to death. The word of God must be put to the stop. Oh, he too a foolish man to think that the powerful word of God can be silenced. Foolish rulers of the lands to these days who think that the powerful word of God can be silenced. It will never happen. So what does he do, this king of Syria? He sends a mighty army, not just a little band this time, a mighty army of horses and chariots for one man. For one man, the army is sent out. Meanwhile, a small, sleepy community, Dothan, lies open to the army on the march. In the morning, Elisha's servant went outside, and what he saw sent shockwaves to his very soul. He saw an army with horses and chariots round about the city, chariots being like our army tanks today. The city was completely defenseless. And the, the servant, the understudy of the prophet Elisha, believes that oh, now what? We're in trouble. No more hope. What are we going to do? Once again, the word of God speaks. Fear not, did we not hear it? Fear not, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. No doubt the servant must have initially thought that Elisha had trouble counting. Perhaps it was time that Elisha saw the eye doctor. Elisha, what are you talking about? But in the meantime, Elisha is praying. Prayer, that all-important spiritual weapon, we might say in a manner of speaking, more powerful than an atomic bomb. The fervent prayer in reference to Elijah. The fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And that's true for all God's people. So the Bible tells us. Now this is the first of, of, of several prayers in our gospel lesson. Lord, open. Open this servant's eyes that he too may see. And the servant's eyes were open. Now he had eyes to see. And he saw something strange, something great, which was, was not visible to the natural eye. 
The mountain was packed with horses and chariots of fire all surrounding the prophet. Yes, there was another army, another army on the scene to protect the prophet of God. And congregation, as we cannot simply pass over these words without being astounded as to their implication for us today. We who are, 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 are pilgrims in a, a spiritual wasteland, uh, in a country hostile to the government, and uh, hostile to Christians rather, by a hostile government. We often lonely sojourners heralding the, the beauties and the truth of the biblical reformed doctrines of grace. Well, these words have something to say to us, to encourage us, to comfort us, to, to give us a, a, a step that, that has a step. Words that must nourish our souls in believing faith. And so we must read these words in joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Now we might be strong in the Lord with eyes to see. God gives eyes to see. Faith opens our eyes to see what humanly speaking cannot be seen. The Bible teaches we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith opens up to us vistas, glorious vistas of God's purpose. And we must confess again and again it is all of grace. And when we have difficult seeing, when we can't see, so to speak, in, in the midst of life's perplexities and troubles, what must we do? We must ask the Lord for eyes to see. We must lift our eyes to the heavens. We must remember what the early church experienced, what those before us have experienced not only in the Old Testament age, but also in the present New Testament age. We think of what the Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, spoke in Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verses 16 through 18. He's been describing something of, of the, the afflictions. He says, we're afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted but not forsaken. Struck down but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus. So that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. A little further the chapter. So we do not lose hearts. Though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comprehension as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. Beloved congregation, will you do that this week? Will you in your meditations be looking to the things that are unseen? For the things that are seen are transient but the things that are unseen are eternal. The apostle goes on in chapter 5, so we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. In his first letter to the Corinthians in the 13th chapter, the apostle spoke this way to the believers. 
For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall fully know, even as I have been fully known. Isn't that amazing, brothers and sisters? The psalmist, he prayed, open my eyes. Why did he want his eyes to be opened? So that he would behold wondrous things out of the law of God. And if we think of, to take another example, the the reformers of some 500 years to go. What did God let them see to which the church had been blinded for much too long? Oh, it's wonderful. Saved by grace alone, through faith alone, because of Christ alone. They testified to the authority of Scripture alone, all to the glory of God alone. Oh, God gives eyes to see. Elisha lived in such conviction and and he helped his understudy in the same. Yes, the heavens are filled with God's glory. Now, this is not the first time nor the last time that the Bible speaks to us about fire from heaven. The Bible speaks of the hosts of heaven. To take an example, in chapter 1 of 2 Kings, we, we read of fire protecting the prophet Elijah from the wicked king Ahaziah. Twice from heaven, a band of 50 soldiers, along with its captain, consumed by fire. And it was a chariot of fire and horses of fire that surrounded Elijah as he was brought up by, by a whirlwind into heaven. And all during the days of Elijah and Elisha, these these invisible armies uh, were present. God's prophets were surrounded by them. The Lord, the God of hosts, is on our side. As the Lord of hosts lives, whom I serve. Yes, they were in the service of the Lord of hosts, the great and heavenly king. And all through the Bible, we hear about this invisible army, Enoch. Enoch in the seventh generation from Adam. As Jude wrote in his epistle, in verse 15, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord came with holy myriads to execute judgment on all and to convict all the ungodly of all their deeds of ungodliness which they had committed in such an ungodly way and of all the harsh things which the ungodly sinners have spoken against them. Yes, even before the flood, they came to execute God's judgment. We think of Jacob. Jacob, who who saw a multitude of angels descending and ascending on that wondrous ladder at Bethel. And when he returned to the promised land, he was comforted by the presence of God's angels before going to meet his brother Esau or Moses. Shortly before his death, he he blessed the 12 tribes of Israel. He, He spoke of the power of the Lord of hosts, Ten thousands of holy ones with flaming fire at his right hand. And what about Joshua? When he went to inspect Jericho, whom did he meet? 
Why, it was the commander of the army of the Lord. And who was that commander? Well, we believe that commander was the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Take a testimony from Psalm 34, Psalm 91, where we read the angels of God are all around his people to guard them in all their ways. In Psalm 68, we may sing of a mighty chariot tree, twice ten thousands, thousands upon thousands. As for the New Testament, we remember that the Lord Jesus told the people who came to arrest him that he could ask God to send him 12 legions of angels. We have the Apostle John while he's on, on the island of Patmos in exile. And he, he writes uh, he, that he, he hears around the throne of the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels numbering myriads and thousands and thousands. And let us not forget to that beautiful moment in history when our Savior was born, when, when the multitude of heavenly hosts raised their voice to declare, to, to bring forth their chorus, glory to God in the highest and, and peace on earth among men whom he is, with whom he is pleased. Congregation, we recognize that the hosts have been here ever since creation. They're still here. They'll continue to be here as long as the great battle of the ages uh, will last. We cannot see them. That's why the thought of them is not so close to us, but, but we need to try to remember. The Belgic Confession, an earlier article... We confess that that God created angels good to be his messengers, to serve the elect. Now, to be sure, some of these angels are fallen from that excellency in which God created them into everlasting perdition, and others have, by the grace of God, remained steadfast. But the devils and the evil spirits are so depraved that they are enemies of God in every good thing, and to the utmost of their power as murderers watching to ruin the church. They're not very happy that we're here this afternoon. And every member thereof, and by their wicked stratagems, to destroy all. A cosmic battle. But we hold to the providence of God, sovereignty of God, God's holy will. And while we recognize the devil is strong, Jesus is stronger. Fear not. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Consider the words of Hezekiah, King Hezekiah, as he encouraged God's people some years later with these words. You'll find them in 2 Chronicles 32. Be strong. It's for us too, is it not? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid or dismayed before the king of Assyria. And all the horde that is with him. For there is one greater with us than with him. With him is an arm of flesh. But with us. With us is the Lord our God. To help us and to fight our battles. And people took confidence. Confidence from the words of Hezekiah. The king of Judah. Congregation. Take confidence. These words are for our comfort. You may be facing an unsettling experience. 
There may be something that's unfolding in your life. It could be a health situation, something in the family, the, their unsettling problems of themselves, uh, the wackiness that is unfolding this in the world. But let us not forget, God is in charge. In every situation, God will be near his people in his way. And God blessed his servant just as he blesses his servants today. The eyes of Elisha's servant had to be opened just as our eyes must be opened in faith. The army of the Lord protected the prophet of the Lord. And as the Syrians come to take Elisha, to take him as a prisoner, a second prayer. A second prayer is sent to heaven asking the Lord to strike the Syrians with blindness so that they could not find him. And the Lord did as Elisha prayed. That's divine humor. Elisha captures the ones who were sent to capture him. An army of many now captured by one. A great reversal Open eyes, closed eyes. Follow me, I'll I'll lead you to the place and person you are seeking. And there go the Syrians to be delivered up uh, to their enemy without knowing where they were going. Do unbelievers ever know where they are going? How many in our municipality have not the foggiest idea because their eyes are closed. It is true that sin strikes us with blindness. John Newton of long ago, we, we sing from time to time, I once was blind, but now I see. And only those who walk in the light of the word of the Lord walk securely. Only those who turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, who, who said to, to the world, I am the light. Jesus who opened the eyes of the blind. Jesus who, who alone by his word and spirit can open our eyes to see. How glorious gospel testimony, how wonderful that we may be together to hear good news. King Jehoram thought these Syrians now to be his prisoners rather than as prisoners taken by the word of the Lord. He wonders, even asking Elisha for advice if they should be killed. Are prisoners of war killed? No. No, rather a meal of friendship is to be offered. And this put a stop to the banding marauders. The, the word of grace which, which the Lord had pronounced upon Israel for Christ's sake conquered Israel's enemies and put them to shame. And so we see congregation in our scripture lesson. How God's office bearer shows God's great power and the great majesty of his word. God's word protected Israel against its enemies. The enemy became powerless to do anything against God's word and then to know that that the powerful word includes even justice, kindness for the enemies of God. 
God's people then had to learn, as we must again this afternoon, that it is by God's covenant promise that we are strong. It's only God's word that can ultimately protect us, protect us against sin, and even protect us from ourselves. And again, we, we, we need to hear the judgments of God's word. It's important for us, lest we refuse to walk according to that word. Apart from obedience to the word, we, we walk in darkness. We walk with blinded eyes. We, we walk in bondage without true service to God. There is no happiness, no freedom, no prosperity, no real life. When we do not heed the word of God, we become blind. But in the light of God's word, we see light. And may that word so shine in your heart and mine. Be encouraged to seek that light in faith. Remember that the angel of the Lord encamps around about his own, delivering them from all their foes, lest they be overthrown. Who is on our side? The Lord of hosts, the Lord Jesus Christ, the highest in heaven above. And how blessed it is for us to know, fear not, fear not. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. To God be all the praise forever and ever. Amen. Father in heaven. As we could reflect for a moment on thy great mercies from above, we want to give our humble thanks to thee. We thank thee that in thy grace we are given eyes to see. And that, Lord, we confess does not make us any better than anyone else, but we are a privileged people. We are a people who have been given so much. We pray, Lord, for those whose eyes remain closed. We pray, Lord, that also in the work of community reach out, we may be able to be used by thee to help others to see that others too may be part of the congregation that declares great is the Lord, that other congregations may be established, that there would be a witness in the various communities that exist in our land. Father, bless gospel testimony. And so as we are about to leave this place of worship, Go before us, fill us with courage. Bless the activities that are are scheduled in the week at hand, Lord. We ask for, for much fruit on those activities. Keep us in thy keeping care. And this we pray, not of ourselves, but in Jesus' name. Amen.